I'm Tremaine Lee, MSNBC correspondent and host of the podcast Into America, a show about the Black experience in America. Reconstruction was a radical shakeup of American political life. And this month, in celebration of Black history, Into America is bringing you a four-part series, a deep dive into the Reconstruction era and how its legacy continues to shape us today. Into America has teamed up with the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History and Culture to help us draw the past and present closer. The series is called Reconstructed, and in part one, Birth of a Black Nation. We're looking at how black people gained citizenship and political power after the Civil War. You're about to hear the story of South Carolina native son Robert Smalls, a man born into slavery, whose harrowing escape to freedom became the stuff of legend. Smalls was later elected to Congress, one of many black Americans who began to flex their political muscle. Political participation is perhaps the most visible marker of the era, yet full access to the franchise is something that we're still fighting to achieve today. If you enjoy the preview, please check out Into America wherever you're listening right now and follow the show. In the fall of 1861, months after the start of the war, Robert Smalls was assigned to steer a boat called the Planter, a heavily armed Confederate military vessel that carried personnel and supplies between forts in the Charleston Harbor. The Planter's crew consisted of three Confederates and seven enslaved men. Sometimes the Confederate crew members would leave the ship in the hands of the black crew overnight while they went ashore to drink or visit with family. Smalls began scheming, plotting with the other black crew members and waiting for an opportunity to present itself. And in the early hours of May 13th, 1862, opportunity did just that. After the white crew had left for the night, a 23-year-old Smalls donned the top coat and wide-brimmed straw hat of the Confederate captain to hide his face. And at two in the morning, the planner shoved off into the dark of night. They had to sail past a number of forts, including Fort Sumter, which is at the mouth of the, the harbor, which was one of the biggest and most dangerous forts, uh, you know, during the Civil War. It was the place where the Civil War began, and it was loaded with cannons that could reach, you know, several miles away. So however they might have been armed, there was nothing that one little boat could do against these major forts. The planner had one treacherous rendezvous to make, where it picked up the families of the other enslaved crew members on board. But after successfully completing this leg of their mission, they set out into the harbor toward freedom. In addition to wearing the Confederate captain's clothes, Smalls had one crucial tactic left up his sleeve. As the story goes, he had learned the gate of the Confederate captain, and in the darkness of night, he sailed up to five forts. And at distance, they saw it was unusual for a boat to be sailing at that hour. But again, in darkness, and since Robert knew the the passcode, and they saw this coat and the hat of the captain, and so they thought that while unusual, all was normal. And so Robert executed the, the whistle, and waited and then heard past the planter, which was acknowledgement that they could continue. Smalls led the ship toward the Union blockade, 
with 17 black passengers on board, including three children. One of them was Michael's great-grandmother, Elizabeth. They still had to sail along the path that Confederate boats would, but then once they believed they were beyond the reach of the Confederate cannons, they quickly veered south toward the United States blockade. But after planning for months, Smalls had forgotten one critical detail. As they approached, here is one of the largest boats in the Charleston Harbor, at the time sailing an enormous Confederate flag, approaching swiftly this U.S. Union blockade. Robert had forgotten this last detail, that he had been managing all these different details of this very, very dangerous exploit, but he had forgotten about the Confederate flag. But Hannah, his wife, my great-great-grandmother, had remembered this and had sewn together a couple of white bedsheets, and so they very quickly lowered the Confederate flag and raised the white sheet of surrender and approached the USS Onward. And as they stepped off the planner and onto the Onward, they were free. Arriving at this blockade of Union ships was nothing short of a miracle. Smalls had embarked on a dangerous mission, one that could have easily gotten all 17 passengers captured and likely killed by the Confederacy. And that's why they actually lined the bottom of the boat with dynamite, because they knew that if they were caught, there were so many things that could go wrong. And if they were caught, that not only would they be killed, but they'd be executed in a particularly violent and public way as an example for others who might have similar kinds of ideas. So they committed all, you know, it, it was freedom or it was death that night. Thanks for listening to this preview of Reconstructed, Birth of a Black Nation. To listen to the rest of this episode and to catch the full Reconstructed series, search for Into America wherever you're listening right now and hit follow. New episodes drop every Thursday. <laughs>